This is The Top, where I interview entrepreneurs who are number one or number two in their industry in terms of revenue or customer base. You'll learn how much revenue they're making, what their marketing funnel looks like, and how many customers they have. I'm now at $20,000 per talk. Five and six million. He is hell-bent on global domination. We just broke our 100,000 unit sold mark. And I'm your host, Nathan Latka. In the last episode, you learned from David Hancock with Morgan James Publishing, the story behind Brendan Burchard's $2.1 million book deal and all the details around it. Okay, Top Tribe, our guest today is Noah Rochetta. He's a husband, dad, and an entrepreneur. He's also the founder and CEO of iStabilizer.com. And I can tell you, Noah is also a friend. I've spent a lot of time with him. He is one of those guys that is super humble, stays under the radar. He's a lot like Franklin Cole, who we interviewed in episode number 18, is doing well over $40 million in revenue with his uh, seven-figure clients. And the reason, guys, Top Tribe, I want to have Noah on with you is because he's going to walk us through how he's built a physical product company into really a mammoth with a ton of momentum. So, Noah, are you ready to take us to the top? I am. Let's do it. Let's do it. And I am just, I am glad you are alive and with us. You were running from the ash cloud in a, from a volcano explosion in Bali when we tried to schedule our last interview. It sounds like you are alive and well. Where are you now? Uh, I'm back home in uh, just outside of Park City, Utah. Park, beautiful country out there, Park City. So Noah, tell everyone, what is the focus of iStabilizer? What exactly are you selling? Uh, well, to put it simply, we focus on selling photo and video accessories for smartphones and tablets. Uh, but in reality, w- what we're doing is we're, we're selling the tools that give people the ability to turn their ordinary smartphone camera work into extraordinary works of art. And, and, and how, walk me through, how many SKUs do you have to, as of today? Uh, right now, we have 15 SKUs. Started out with two, and now we have 15. Okay, and when, walk me through to that first SKU. I want to hear that story. What? What? Uh, how long ago did you get started, and what was the first product? So it's been uh, four years. It all started uh, with me walking at the park with my son. He was uh, one and a half or two at the time, just what's, starting what's to walk. Name? and Ryko. Oh, Ryko, okay. Yeah. And so it all started with Ryko because I'm at the park. I, I have my phone with me. Uh, this is the iPhone 3GS. This is right at the time when smartphones were becoming your go-to camera. And I'm at the park trying to film everything to send to my parents because they want to be in, in, in the loop to see all of these first moments. Um, and there wasn't really a good way to use my phone as a camera because I couldn't put it on a tripod. I couldn't set it up to be out there in the shot with him. Uh, and that's when it clicked and I realized, you know, this is our go-to camera now. We needed to have a way to use these as cameras. So I developed our smartphone tripod adapter. This was the first universal smartphone adapter um, at the time. And that's what allowed me to start using my phone more effectively to uh, put it on a tripod or on the flexible legs at the park and get these really fun, creative shots to be able to send to my family and um, start uh, capturing all of these important the Ry- moments the in Ryko, his life. The Ryko moments. Yes. <laughs> so walk me through, what did it, um, the, that first product, what does it cost you to make? And then what do you sell it for? 
So that first product, it's the, just the smartphone adapter. It's spring-loaded, so it holds the phone with any case and any phone. Um, and after doing some work on prototyping, we were able to get the cost down to um, about a dollar per unit, and they retail for $19.95. Wow. We have a lot of people that obviously watch Shark Tank or The Profit, so they're always curious about this margin fascination. That sounds like amazing margins to me. Yes, they are. <laughs> so walk me through. So you mentioned retail. Are the major, What percentage of your sales come online as of today versus your sales in retail stores? You know, it's funny because the intention when I started was to just, you know, do this on the side as a have a website, just do this on the side as supplemental income. So my focus was entirely to sell a product online. But uh, as of today and, and, and early on in the process, the website only accounted for about 25% uh, of our revenue. 75% of our revenue comes from big box retail and general retail outlets. Because um, what happened once the website was online and people were buying it, um, stores started contacting us and we've had our products placed in Walmart and AT&T Wireless um, and, and another big box retail so the vast majority of our revenue comes from that now. Okay. All right. No, I'm getting all excited. Walmart, Walmart. Everyone's going to, everyone's there. I can hear them like begging me through the, through the line right now. Nathan, ask him about how I got into Walmart. So walk me through how in total, in total, a sales number, how much had you done in revenue before you got that deal with Walmart? Uh, before that. So that was early on in the process. You know, the, in the first year, I think we did sixty to seventy thousand dollars in sales, which okay. is really small. This is website only stuff. One skew. Then we start getting uh, one, two SKUs actually. Okay. So we had the the tripod adapter, and then it came. The second SKU was the tripod adapter with flexible legs. Um, so back then, uh, when Walmart picked up on that, we we really shot up from. You know, doing 50, uh, sixty to seventy thousand a year. That second year, we had jumped up to uh, four four hundred thousand, between four and five hundred thousand. Well, you just you mentioned then, it, you mentioned it like casually in passing, like oh, when Walmart picked up on that. But walk me through that. Was there was there a call with someone at Walmart? Was there a negotiation? How did it happen? Uh, so what happened is we were at we went to CES. And at CES, uh, the buyers for Walmart were walking by and came, came to our booth and they said, hey, this looks like a really unique product and are you distributing it with, any, with anyone? And I got them in touch with our main distributor at the time, which was a company called Dr. Bot that specializes in Apple accessories. So they did all the no negotiating between themselves um, and, and, and it wasn't like a direct deal between me and Walmart. It was our distributor and Walmart negotiated everything and then they just called up out of the blue and said, hey, we've been reviewing it and we're ready to place an order. We want 8,000 units right away. And that's how it happened. It was literally like, oh, okay. Wow. <laughs> and how long did that whole process take from when they saw you first at CSS and their eyes got big to the deal was done with Dr. Bot and you were trying to figure out how to make 8,000 units? It was um, six or seven months because what they do is they have, they're out scouting for products to fill their, uh, their whatever quarter, I don't remember if they do it by quarter or if it's half a year, but they, they have it slotted out pretty far in advance to find the product that they're going to order. So we knew with enough anticipation that on, uh, you know, this day we're going to need, uh, we're going to need your products. Did you crap your pants when you got the call and you said, Oh my gosh, how am I going to make 8,000 units? 
I did. I mean, I think the very first thing I did, <laughs> did you just admit I called live a live podcast that you crapped your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, figuratively. <laughs> figuratively. So how did it work? How'd you do that? You know, I had to call a friend who, um, a longtime friend of mine, who's, uh, kind of like an angel investor. And so I called him and said, Hey, here's the deal. I don't, I can't do this by myself. So he, uh, luckily was able to, he's, he's acted as a bank for me. Uh, cause early on in this, this process, banks don't really work well with small businesses until you're big, but to get big, you need them. So luckily I had a friend and he's been like my bank and he, he was able to lend me the money I needed to manufacture. And then I just paid him back uh, just like I would a loan at the bank. So that that's why it all worked. Interesting. So it sounds like Walmart makes up a signal. Would you say over 50% of your revenue? At the time it did. Um, uh, now AT&T wireless is, is actually better than Walmart. What is eighteen? So let's just say last year, fiscal year twenty fourteen. About how much revenue did AT and T Wireless drive you guys? Uh, AT and T Wireless alone was about uh, six hundred thousand dollars. And is Walmart still around four hundred? Uh, yes. See, the problem with Walmart is it's just there in their store. People have to be perusing the aisles and then see it and then decide, oh, that's something I would want. Where at AT&T, we sent them uh, a sample to every store, all 2,300 stores. So when you walk in, they have the product there that you can look at, play with, and see how to use it. So uh, it does significantly better in their stores. Interesting. Well, again, we have, we've had some, some folks launch and scale physical products on the show before, like Nick Newper in episode four, who sold 350 electric bras from his dorm room and had to figure out how to manufacture all these when sorority girls bought them in droves. This is a little bit different, much better story in <laughs> Noah because it's about your son, Ryko, and growing it, and you did it organically. So walk me through, though, the numbers. If anyone else is listening right now thinking about how do I launch a physical product, what do margins look like? What's the pricing look like? Walk me through a sale at AT&T last year, and let's stick with with the skew, that's the tripod. So it sounds like, is it still retailing at AT&T for 20 bucks and it costs you a dollar? No, the, the tripod is a different skew. That one retails for twenty four ninety five, and it costs us $4 to manufacture that. And that's the one that AT&T is really selling? Uh, no, they actually have an, a different skew of ours that's our the selfie stick pole. Oh, the sel- oh let's go to the selfie stick. I'm interested. Walk yeah. me through those metrics. So AT&T is selling the selfie stick pole. What's that cost you to make? Uh, that one costs us five dollars and eighty cents, and it retails for thirty four ninety five. Okay, so of the thirty four ninety five, again, you pay five dollars to the the company that actually makes it. What happens to the rest of the money of the thirty four? Um, so we have to calculate the shipping cost, and uh, because those are pretty long, um, we account for roughly two dollars $2, uh, shipping cost because we have to air freight it all. Wait, I thought you so said that's one of the big this, problems. I thought you said people are buying this at AT&T stores. Are they also buying it from the AT&T website? That's why shipping's a, a priority? No, I'm talking about the shipping to get it from our factory to AT&T's oh, warehouse. I see. I see, okay. Yeah, so that would be added into our, our cost. Okay. Um, AT&T sells it uh, either at $34.95 or they may be offering incentives and coupons. I think they can they can drop it as low as uh, $25 and then it just affects their margins. They're buying it from a distributor uh, who buys it from us. So, okay, so here's the whole spread. Um, 
we sell it to a distributor at $12.50. The distributor sells it to AT&T at, I don't know what price, but they've got to have some kind of a margin in there. And then AT&T sells it to consumers. So the, everyone's kind of getting a piece of that along the way. So of the twelve fifty, when you sell it to the distributor, how much of that do you get to keep? Uh, the twelve fifty minus our cost, which would be the five eighty plus shipping. So five eighty plus the two dollars in shipping, that's five six, that's seven eighty off of the twelve fifty. So seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. That's about five dollars and thirty cents you get to keep per selfie six sale sale at ATT. Yep. And then you'd still subtract a tiny bit for customs and duties when you're importing, but that's pretty small. That's so yeah, like, something around that. That's like a, uh, you know, you can buy a Subway sandwich for Ryko on every AT&T sale. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Interesting. Okay. Well, this, this is fascinating, Noah. This whole, what would you say is there, I, I sometimes don't know the right questions to ask, but I know the top tribe will love understanding how this physical process works. Are there any other like gotchas, any other things that about this physical product manufacturing, selling and distribution that surprised you that you think people don't know that the top tribe should know? Yeah, you know, the part that surprised me, and it's been the, the most difficult difficult part to deal with this whole time, is uh, the lead times in, in this business, at least in, in consumer electronics and mobile accessories. When we're selling to someone like Walmart uh, or even AT&T, they, they expect a, at least 60-day payment terms. So when they place their order, um, it, and it's a big order, we have to have the, the capital to manufacture, the lead time for manufacturing, the lead time for shipping. It arrives at their warehouse. And once they receive it, that's when their 60 days starts. Mm. So um, it's difficult to get stuff into stores and, and start uh, working on all the replenishment orders for those first two months before capital actually starts coming in from those sales. Wow. So that, that was a difficult hurdle to work with. And it's been... Uh, uh, frustrating at times to deal with that. Have you ever got caught with your pants down where you paid your people to make the thing, you shipped it, and then the the, the end buyer didn't pay up and you basically had lost inventory? Yes, that actually just happened uh, this month. Oh. Um, and what happened is uh, it was with AT&T, with one of our SKUs, they decided to bulk up uh, to carry product all throughout the, the holiday season later this year. Um, so they place their orders, they get everything going, we start ramping up manufacturing, and then they decide they're going to go with a competitor product that uh, is, is cheaper. What? It's cheaper for them to buy, but it's a significantly cheaper product and quality. So we were really frustrated with that, and it left me with about 15,000 units sitting in our warehouse in Hong Kong that has has nowhere to go now so those, so so those buyer contracts are not tight. They can get out of it even after you even after you've already manufactured it. They can. In fact, they can they can place the order, pay for the order, and six months later, if it didn't sell, they'll say, hey, we're sending it all back, and contractually, we have to refund them. Oh my, that's ridiculous. Well, listen, it nobody is. likes AT&T anyway. Uh, I use Verizon. Listen, guys, go help Noah out. Go to iStabilizer.com, buy his stuff so he can just buy all of AT&T one day. Uh, and Michael <laughs> will be the CEO. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you are loving this episode, you will love episode number eight, where we talk to the head of strategy at GoPro, responsible for taking them from $300,000 a year in sales to $300 million in sales. And to celebrate the top tribe, I am giving 
you guys the chance to win a GoPro and my top three favorite business books. In order to win, simply text the word Nathan to 33444. Again, N-A-T-H-A-N to 33444 for your chance to win hundreds of dollars in prizes every week. The first one is a GoPro and my favorite business books. Well, Noah, this is great. It's getting to my favorite part of the show. Do you know what time it is? I don't. It is time for the Famous Five. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Dude, here we go. Number one. What is your favorite business book? Business book. My favorite business book, I think I would have to say it's Good to Great by Jim Collins. Mr. Collins. So good. Number two. Which CEO are you following or studying right now? Um, It's been Richard Branson all along for me. He's always been one of my favorites and his quote, screw it, let's do it, has been my philosophy all along. So yeah, Richard Branson. So you wrote a little, a nice little letter to AT&C that just said, screw it, let's do it. Sincerely, Noah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Number three, Noah, what's your favorite online tool like Evernote? Uh, Right now it's Asana. It's powerful, it's free, it keeps my whole team organized, and uh, we actually use it for much more than just tasks. It's it's our CRM, we do project management out of there, it does everything for us. Wow, okay, well, and again, we'll link to that in the show notes at nathanlatka.com forward slash the top. Okay, Noah, you've got now two kids, obviously Ryko as well, you're traveling all the time. I'm curious, yes or no, do you get eight hours of sleep every night? Uh, No. I, I actually average seven and a half hours and, and I monitor it. Got How do you monitor it? I have the Pebble smartwatch oh, okay, and cool. I have the Misfit app installed on there. So it's, it monitors for me. Very cool. Okay. Now, Noah, again, just so people have context, how old are you now? I'm 36. So 36. So again, the top tribe loves learning things that save them countless years of their lives. So if you wish your 20 year old self knew one thing, what would it be? Um, I would tell the 20 year old self that, uh, you don't have to have everything lined up and perfect before you can act. You need to just get going, uh, that, that, that screw it, just do it concept, you know? So what I would say is, Hey, enjoy the ride. It is going to be bumpy. It's like a roller coaster. There are moments where you're going up and moments where you're going down, but both of those are still just part of the ride and um and have fun sit back and enjoy the ride because the it's all part of the ride and that's the point is that you're on the ride not just the ups and not avoiding the downs just enjoy it all and not just business but life itself like just go for it i am sitting here just smiling as you talk i think that's such an important message to enjoy the ride noah now you are on a rocket ship you're cranking out new products you're at 15 SKUs. people are going to want to follow your journey where can they connect with you online uh if you want to follow me the easiest place is either facebook or instagram you know i do a lot of smartphone photography so i post all that stuff on instagram and then you can follow me personally on facebook Uh, on both of the and twitter on all three of those my uh, username's just noah rochetta and we will, again, stick that in the show notes as well. So from being frustrated watching his son Ryko on the playground and needing an easy way to share video with his family to launching a business that did 60K its first year with two SKUs, landing a deal with mega supplier or mega distributor Walmart, 
now crushing it with ATT and other customers. Noah, thank you for taking us to the top. Thank you. It's been great. Coming up in episode number 31, you are going to hear from Mike Harden Brook and specifically the one growth tactic that got him 250,000 bucks and a spot in the world's top accelerator, Techstars. This podcast is produced by Oration Recording and is sponsored by Eddie Communications and Roanoke, Virginia's Grandin CoLab, the premier workspace for entrepreneurs and growing companies. 